0: Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're talking about spiritual warfare, how to resist the devil, how we stand against all of the mental onslaughts that he brings against us. second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17 will help us in this lesson. Uh, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped or furnished for every good work. Here's the idea. Without the scriptures, you can't be complete. You are completed by the scripture. Christ begins a work in you by giving you his spirit, changing you. You are born again. But, You do not have everything you need until you fill yourself with the Scripture. The Scriptures provide you with the equipment that you need to have. You know, if you don't know what the Scriptures really say, if you don't, you won't be able to tell what it is in life that you're supposed to reject and what it is that you're supposed to receive. You won't, the only thing you have is you will go on, well, this must be God's will because it happened to me. And that's a terrible way to think because there are a lot of things, loads of things that happen that are not the will of God, but you are expected to resist those things. If you don't have the scriptures, you don't know what you're supposed to resist. You know, this is one of the things I notice about Bible teachers who don't recognize the power and the work of the enemy. They never talk about resisting. You have to learn to resist. And we resist things that come against us that we can clearly see are from Satan and we identify these. We recognize he's the one that's behind this attack. So how do we do this? Well, the scripture gives us four very clear powers from the word of God, first of all, The scripture gives us doctrine. Now, what is doctrine? A lot of people think, oh, doctrine, that's a bad word. No, it's not, it's a wonderful word. It's a word that scripture uses of itself a lot. What is doctrine? Doctrine is this, simply, what is it that God has done for us? Now, when you think about doctrine in those terms, it totally changes the way you see doctrine. What is it that God has done for me? Well, God has given me eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's a doctrine that God has changed my spirit, that I'm born again by believing on Christ. Yes, that's a doctrine that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That's something that God gave to us. The virgin birth was a gift to humanity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that's a gift to humanity. Those are doctrines, but they're also gifts that God gave to us because our faith is built on those things and the things that our faith is built on are the things that give us power so the word of god is profitable for doctrine secondly it is profitable for reproof now here's what reproof is reproof is what others did that brought harm to themselves and others and in the bible i I see how king saul for instance made a number of dreadful mistakes brought harm to himself, brought harm to others. I see how that when David sinned with Bathsheba, he brought harm to himself and he brought harm to others. I I see that Judas uh, betrayed the Lord. He brought harm to himself, harm to others. He lost for that. So uh, basically reproof is the ability to learn from someone else's mistakes. And that's what the Bible does. It gives you the stories, not only of the people who obeyed God, but it will tell you the truth about people who didn't obey God. And this is one of the things that we know about the scripture. This is how we know it is inspired, because it is honest about its heroes. And even when it presents the heroes, it tells us about their shortcomings. The only one who is not in that category is Christ because he didn't have a shortcoming. But that's what we see. So that's what reproof is. The word of God is profitable for reproof. The word of God is profitable for correction. Now, correction is similar to reproof. It has a negative connotation to it, it's not pleasant, but correction is what we are doing wrong. It's when the Holy Spirit works on us through the scriptures to show us where we're making mistakes. That's what correction would be. He uses your own conscience to help you with that. Uh, So we can benefit from correction. And and one of the things I think is very important as a believer is you maintain a sensitive spirit, that you have an openness and a willingness to admit that you've blown it, that you're willing to repent quickly if you have to. And that's what correction is. Number four, instruction in righteousness. Now, I'll tell you what that is. It's very simply. It is the how to follow God. It's one thing to have a general picture of what we're supposed to do. But it is another thing to have the exact how-tos. One of the things I love to teach people, I, I, I'm one of the only ones I've ever heard teach this to a great extent. Not many people do talk about it. I talk about it all the time. It's a hallmark of my ministry. I talk to people about steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Uh, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That's Proverbs sixteen nine. When following God, ask yourself this question, am I leaping or am I taking steps? The reason that I know that not many people talk about the steps that God sets before his children is because this term has been able to gain a lot of traction in the body of Christ. We call it the leap of faith. There is no such thing. There is not a scripture anywhere in the Bible that mentions a leap of faith. The devil tried to get Jesus to leap off the temple for the angels to catch him. God doesn't lead us in leaps. God leads us in steps and stages. You can get to the highest building in your city if you're willing to take steps. You can get anywhere with steps. That's how God leads. And so that is instruction in righteousness. That's something that I put into my tool belt almost 50 years ago when I began to follow Christ. And has it helped me again and again? Many times I've had to back away from things that I thought might be God's will. But I said, no, it's not a step. It's a huge leap. I can't sleep at night thinking about taking on this project. It's too big for us. I have a pastor friend who died prematurely because he was trying to build a building and I have no doubt that the plan that he saw was from God. But what wasn't from God is that he was to do it all at once. And had he known the Lord like he should have, had he known that God leads in steps, his life would have been so much easier because he wouldn't have tried to do it all at once and he would not have stewed and wrestled with the overall plan because he saw Uh, in his mind, he had to do it all at once. And that wasn't the way God led. He had no instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness is part of your equipment. Now, this is what happens when we replace our thoughts with the right kind of thinking. And that's what thinking God's thoughts is all about. This is a part of the girdle of truth. The girdle of truth is putting on the right thinking, thinking the right thoughts. Listen to me, the girdle of truth is not just you saying, I am putting on the girdle of truth now, that's that's not it. The girdle of truth is what happens when you begin to think the principles of God's word for your day-to-day living. It is God's system of replacement thoughts, and all of us need replacement thoughts. Now listen to Isaiah 55, and here we go. Some of the most important words in the scriptures. All right, verse eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Here's God telling us, I don't care how much you think of yourself. You don't think like me. That's what God's saying. God is saying, none of you think like me for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now pay attention to this one, verse nine. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now I heard a guy one time saying, well, I didn't understand it, but God killed my little girl. He took her home to heaven to be with him. He took her early when she was just a little bitty girl. He took her and that, that's God's, God's thoughts are above my thoughts. They're higher than my ways. Listen to me. I don't believe that for a minute. I think it was the devil who killed that little girl, not God. Thank God he could comfort you when the whole thing was over with. But listen to me, I wouldn't kill your little girl. And God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. They're all that my thoughts are, and they're more besides. And see, a lot of people think that God's saying this, like, my thoughts are opposite from your thoughts. Yours are up here, mine are down here. That isn't what God said. God says, my thoughts are everything yours are, but then they go far above your thoughts as well. And that's how you learn to shut out those negative thoughts. You ask yourself, is I wouldn't do this. I I wouldn't do this and bring this. Neither would my father. And when you begin to think with the replacement thoughts, and that's why God gave us his word. God gave us his word so we could learn to think like he thinks. And you'll never think like he thinks if you don't go to his word. You can't think those thoughts on your own. That's why you fill your mind with God's thoughts and you learn the principles of his word. That's what gives you a real girdle of truth. And then when you get into the battle and the devil lies to you, boom, you're able to immediately, exactly the way Jesus did it, you're immediately able to resist the devil. you got a scripture that comes by the Holy Spirit right to you. You quote it. And that's what causes Satan to want to flee from your presence. That's all the time I have for today, but we're not done. We'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then.